بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وكذلك جعلناكم أمة وسطا لتكونوا شهداء على الناس ويكون الرسول عليكم شهيدا وما جعلنا القبلة التي كنت عليها إلا لنعلم من يتبع الرسول ممن ينقلب على عقبيه وإن كانت لكبيرة إلا على الذين هذ الله وما كان الله ليضيع إيمانكم إن الله بالناس لرؤوف الرحيم صدق الله العلي العظيم My dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته First of all I humbly begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling you and I with this unique and wonderful opportunity to congregate in his house on the best of days to, to worship him, to glorify him and to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. And we pray that Allah azza wa jalla will continue to facilitate such amazing and wonderful opportunities for us in the future insha'Allah. This has been an interesting week. Last week uh, I wasn't here, but something that I wanted to discuss was the ongoing conflict in, in Kashmir. And, and, and this week has seen uh, the, uh, the conflict continue to get progressively worse for both the Muslims of, of, of Kashmir, for the residents of Kashmir, and it's become almost, an, and it has always been, an international, um, on the international agenda. And it's imperative that you and I speak out against atrocity whenever we see it, in any form, wherever it takes place. If uh, an atrocity takes place where we live, where we reside, we have to speak out against it, irrespective of who that person is who's committing that atrocity. Whether that person is a Muslim or a non-Muslim, that doesn't factor into the equation. We as Muslims always stand up for the haqq, for the truth. And the truth doesn't look at the creed of an individual uh, who, who, who you're standing by. No, the, cru the truth looks at that which is in line with the teachings of Allah and His Prophet And that's something that we're going to stick up for. And this week, uh, we, yesterday we had um, uh, you know, our, our young brothers and sisters across the UK who achieved their results in the GCSEs uh, and in the A-levels. And, um, uh, and it's our responses, I was looking at some of the responses of, of, of some of the parents. Uh, Allah bless all of our children, uh, continue to grant them good grades in their studies, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ennoble them. And that's what I thought, I thought I'd try to merge the two of them together and talk about something um, which we can touch on both of these two topics which are seemingly on the opposite ends of the spectrum. But I thought I'll try to merge them together and to talk about them in one go. Uh, narrating the story of one of the prophets of Allah and the message therein, the message in that story of that Prophet of Allah. And that Prophet of Allah is none other than Prophet Nuh alayhi salam. And Prophet Nuh alayhi salam is one of the great Prophets of Allah, one of the Prophets who is mentioned many, many times in the Quran. And his efforts, 
That's the most important thing. His efforts have been praised unanimously throughout the Quran. Irrespective of his, and this is how when we look at how we measure productivity, the end result of Nuh alayhi salam and his, his da'wah wasn't as, a, as successful as Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam expected it to be or wanted it to be. Yet, the perseverance was always there. This is why when in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about sabr. Right? When we, we, it's easy for us to tell someone to be patient and to bear that suffering like what's happening in Kashmir. It's easy to say, brothers, have, have sabr. Someone's lost a family member. Brother, have sabr. That's the most easiest thing for us to say. In fact, there's nothing else that we can say to that person except, Ya Akhi, have sabr. Brother, have sabr. You've lost your parent, have sabr. You lost a child, a brother, a sister, have sabr. Be patient. Inna Allah sabirin. And that's all and well. That's good. That's wonderful advice. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely true. Indeed, Allah is with the most patient people. However, for the person who's suffering, he's probably thinking, or she's probably thinking, that's the worst advice you can give. Have sabr. I've just, this has happened to me. How can I have sabr on this? There was in fact, there's a story of a, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passing by uh, the, the graveyard. And in the graveyard, there was a woman. And this woman was rubbing, an old woman, she was rubbing the soil on one of the graves. And she, she was crying out to that person who was in the grave. And she was rubbing the soil as if she was rubbing a person. And the Prophet ﷺ told her, it's better for her to be patient and have sabr than doing this. And she didn't realize that this was the Prophet ﷺ. She didn't realize this was the Prophet who was advising. And she almost, she struck out, she lashed out. She said, do you not know what I've been through? Do you not understand? What I'm suffering right now, and you're telling me to do this? And the Prophet ﷺ quietened and he walked away. He didn't respond. He didn't engage with her in an argument. Or he didn't even reveal himself unto her to say, I'm the messenger of Allah. It would have been easy for him to do so, but he didn't. He walked away. Somebody else informed that woman, do you not know who that was? She said, who? That's what, that was the messenger of Allah. And immediately she was regretful. So it's something that, it's something, it's good. It's something good telling someone to have patient, patience or to be patient. It's another thing altogether when you're suffering yourself and being patient. That's the most difficult thing for you to do. Understanding that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine decree. This is what Allah azza wa wanted for you and I. That's the most difficult thing for us to do. And when Allah Azza wa mentions sabr in the Quran, what does He mention alongside it? Istiqama. Istiqama. You have to you have to continue to persevere. Sabr and patience. Uh, sorry, sabr and salah. Patience and prayer go hand in hand. They're both synonymous with with one another. You cannot have one without the other. So it's imperative that we patiently persevere because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
is with those who patiently persevere, irrespective of what you are going through, irrespective of what is happening. For you to understand that this is Allah's divine decree, there's nothing wrong with grieving. There's nothing wrong with being sad about something. Nothing wrong with it. I didn't get good grades in my GCSEs, and I'm gonna be upset. Naturally, naturally. There's nothing wrong with you being upset. A family member has passed away. I'm going to grieve. Grieving is not only a natural process of human emotions. It's what makes us human. The Prophet ﷺ, did anybody understand divine decree qadr better than him? No. Nobody understood what qadr meant better than the Prophet ﷺ. Nobody knew better than the Prophet ﷺ that everything is from Allah. خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Everything good or bad is from Allah. Nobody understood that better than the Prophet ﷺ. And yet, when the Prophet ﷺ's son, Ibrahim, passed away, the Prophet ﷺ was shedding tears. He was crying. He was grieved. And the companions, they looked to the Prophet and said, What is this, Ya Rasulullah? The Prophet is, is, is upset, the Prophet, and naturally that grieved them also. And the Prophet ﷺ spoke glowingly in favor of Ibrahim and says that the heart, the, the heart, uh, uh, I understand that Ibrahim is in Jannah, but the heart still grieves. And the Prophet ﷺ was a human being nonetheless. The Prophet ﷺ experienced these human emotions. And this is what connects with the story of of Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam. When they looked at Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam, they in fact, one of the, one of the things that the Qawm of Nuh alayhi salam, they refused to believe in him and they refused to accept his messages that is, is, is the same thing that the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam was accused of many, many years later. They said, you're a man like us. How, how, can we, how can you expect us to follow you when you're a man like us? You bleed like us. You require sustenance, food like us. You sleep like us. You get married, you have families like us. Why then should we regard you as something special? And this is what, what, what people need to understand. That the anbiya, although ma'asumin, the Anbiya, although perfect creations of Allah, <clears throat> do not commit sins against Allah. They don't disobey the commands of Allah. Yet the Prophets are human beings, created as human beings. So you and I can not only interact with them, but also engage with them. So we can understand how they live their lives and learn from it. In the story of Nuh salam. One of the things that, that we look at in terms of uh, nowadays when we measure a person's productivity or we measure success or lack thereof in this world, you know, we look at what they've achieved. Like Ahmed, Ahmed sets out <clears throat> to lose some weight. He's getting a bit uh, big around the belly and he wants to lose some weight. He wants to go on a diet and he wants to go to the gym and he wants to lose some weight. He tries really hard. He loses that weight. In a year's time, he's almost unrecognizable. A sister, right? She, or, or a brother, works really hard, 
in her exams, her GCSEs does excellent, does really well, is successful. She studied hard while her friends were watching TV, her friends were playing outside, enjoying, enjoying themselves, but she achieved the results. Now, we're going to look at these two individuals who worked hard and in the end managed to become successful in what they, achieved, in what they wanted to do. And we're going to measure their success in that productivity at the end of it. We're going to say, MashaAllah, they've done well because they've tried really hard. But what about those individuals? What about Ahmed who wanted to lose some weight and wanted to go on a diet and he tried really hard? He, he, he left all of those foods that, foods that were going to um, increase his weight. He started eating healthy. He started becoming more active. And yet at the end, he wasn't as productive or he wasn't as successful. He didn't lose the weight that he wanted. Or this sister who, who worked really hard while others were outside enjoying themselves, who continued to study hard but didn't achieve the grades that she intended. Would we still regard those individuals as successful? No. Conventional wisdom states, well, they weren't successful, irrespective of how hard they tried. But this is how, when you look at how our religion works and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala perceives us or understands us, both of these two individuals were equally, equally successful. The ones who, was, who, who got the success at the end of it and the ones who didn't. Because their success is, is measured in their, their sincerity, their ikhlas. Their success is measured in accordance with how much effort that they put in. And that's how our effort, that's how our deeds are going to be weighed on the scales of, on Yom Al-Qiyamah. There's going to be certain actions that we weren't successful in. But the amount of effort and energy we put, put in to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to do the right thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us accordingly. And this is what we have to understand. This is what we have to appreciate. That our Rabb, all forgiving, all merciful, He's continuously giving us, in a way, excuses for us to redeem ourselves. And we're sort of batting them away and saying, no, I don't need it, I'm fine, I'm happy the way I am. Islam tells us that success comes from Allah. You know, we, we, that, that, that um, uh, Turkish TV serial that people love to watch, Erturul, right? Resurrection Erturul. And some brothers were nodding their heads, others shaking them, having no idea what I'm talking about. It's become quite popular. It's, it's, it's uh, a, a story of the, the father of Usman, the founder of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, and, in, in, uh, and it's something which, um, which, is, which is incredibly interesting how this individual, he says, look, the, 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 the struggle is ours. This is something that he, was he will continuously say. The struggle is ours, but the victory belongs to Allah. The struggle is ours, but the victory belongs to Allah. And that's that level of sincerity that we need to have. Do you continue to struggle? When the victory comes, the victory is from Allah. My job is to struggle. My job is to patiently persevere. That's all that I can do. That's all that's expected of me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't, 
intent or de- is not going to ask each and every one of us, why didn't you go out there and change the world? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to question us, why didn't you change yourself? Why didn't you become a better person? Forget about making everybody else better. Why didn't you become better? Forget about making everybody else pray. Why didn't you pray? Forget about everybody else doing their jihad and working hard to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why didn't you fulfill your obligations? That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will question us on. And that's what we inevitably we have to be worried about or concerned about. Because when we look at the story of Nuh alayhi salam, Nuh alayhi salam over a thousand years or close to a thousand years he preaches. He preaches, works diligently, works hard. And yet at the end of it, a handful of people accept his message. Now think of, of someone who spent their lifetime of 60, 70 years now doing something. And at the end of it, he was regarded conventionally, or as we would see it, as a failure. People would forget his name. People would say, 60, 70 years you've been doing this? And you weren't successful? Why didn't you not let it go within the first 10 years? Why do you waste another 60? That's what we would say to that person. Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam, he never gave up. He never surrendered. He never let his, his iman in Allah and his belief in his risala, in his message, ever waver. He never turned to Allah and said, Ya Allah, they're not accepting it. What can I do? Just leave it. Like, there's nothing that I can do for these people. I don't want to do it anymore. I can't. He never gave up. He continued to persevere. That was his patience. Right? And he suffered. He suffered in a way that we cannot even begin to imagine. Not only physically, but psychologically, mentally he suffered. With his entire family against him, refusing to believe him, refusing to stand by him. And he stood alone. Only a handful of people and those individuals who accepted Islam were, were, were weak themselves. They were among the du'afa. They were regarded as, as, as the lowest of society at the time. But yet they accepted the message of, of Nuh alayhi salam. And they stood by him. And that just goes to show you that religion, creed, does not look at a person's caste or a person's upbringing or who you are, where you come from. It does not matter. And I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in our Hajj, hajj reflections that racism Intolerance has no place in Islam. Islam doesn't look at the color of our skin. Islam doesn't look at the, uh, the caste that we come from, our lineage, our family tree. Islam came to do away with all of that. It doesn't matter. Look around now and you'll see people literally from all over the world, from different corners of the, of the globe. But you're sitting here together. When you stand up to pray, you're going to stand up to pray side by side together. Do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward one more than the other? Purely because of the place that he comes from? Or because of who his father was? Who his mother is? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to look at your ajsad, your bodies. He's not going to look at your suwar, your appearances. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to look at your hearts. He's going to look at your, your hearts and he's going to look at your actions, the level of taqwa that you have. And that's why it's incredibly important whether we, we trip and we fall down 
and we're unsuccessful in life, or we're unsuccessful in work, we're unsuccessful in our professional life, our, our educational life, it's important to pick ourselves back up and understand, look, the struggle is mine, but, but the victory comes from Allah. And I'm going to continue to work hard. I'm going to continue to do my due diligence. And it's going to be Allah Azza wa Jal who is going to reward me. And that's what I should be worried about most. This, this is, is a concept that we need to inculcate in the minds of our children. We shouldn't over-pressurize our children, right? like, a, like a pressure cooker, like completely uh, full, you know, with, with, with no way to, uh, to, for, for the air to escape. Over-pressurize our children. This is what you need to achieve. This is what you need to do. No. Right? We look at our children and we, we respond to them in, in, in kindness, in mercy, and with tolerance, with understanding. That's the only way that you're going to reach out to them. So I say to all of our young brothers and sisters, those who regarded themselves as successful um, in their GCSEs and their A-levels, and those who regarded themselves as unsuccessful themselves, I will say to all of them, look, the struggle is yours. The victory belongs to Allah. Continue to patiently persevere. Continue to do your due, due diligence. If you work hard, if you work hard, irrespective of whether you're going to see the results in this world, you will definitely, without doubt, see them on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Look at Sayyidina Nuh the Prophet of Allah. He didn't see the, the results in this world. And he had many, many, many more years than you and I. He had close to a thousand years and he didn't, he wasn't successful. But yet, does that take anything away from his message? Does that take anything away from his nubuffa, from his prophethood? No, it does not. Because on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still give him the reward that he deserves for his perseverance and for him continuing to work hard. And that's why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Nuh Alayhi Salaam and his nation, his qawm, and here his qawm is referred to those individuals who stood by him and those who accepted his message. On Yawm Al-Qiyamah, they will come and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will ask Sayyidina Nuh Alayhi Salaam, Oh Nuh, did you convey the message? And he will reply, yes, my Lord. Yes, my Rabb, I conveyed the message. I did what you asked me. To do. Did, then Nuh alayhi salam will ask his, his qawm, his nation, did Nuh convey the message? Did Nuh convey my message to you? And they will reply, no prophet came to us. They will reply in the negative, the ones who, who didn't accept his message. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Nuh alayhi salam, who will stand as a witness for you? Who is going to be, be your witness that you did convey the message? And he will reply, Muhammad and his followers will stand by me. They will stand as a witness for me. And the Prophet ﷺ said, So then I and my followers and my ummah will stand as witnesses that Sayyidina Nuh did indeed convey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's message to his people. And this is something unbelievable. This is amazing. We, many, many, many centuries later are standing as a witness for the hard work and the due diligence of one of the prophets of Allah. Irrespective of, whether the, of the fact that he was unsuccessful in terms of getting the numbers 
of people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he continued to persevere. He continued to, thr- uh, to, to try, uh, try hard. And this is a message that we should be inculcating into the minds and the hearts of our children. That we should be at- telling them that working hard is the most important thing. Doing the best that you can possibly do, that's what's required of you. If the results come, they don't come. The victory belongs to Allah. So the victory is going to come from him. The success is going to come from Allah. That's what our belief in Qadr should be. Uh, Just a few more um, things with regards to when we have a few minutes. Uh, Another thing that we can take from the story of Sayyidina Nuh is to try everything. You know, sometimes when, when, when we do something and we say, or someone will ask us, oh, I heard you were doing that business or you were doing that thing that you were doing. I haven't seen anything from you for the last couple of months. Have you finished? So, oh, well, I tried. I didn't know what I, I could do and then it didn't work and then I closed down or I stopped doing it. Right? Sayyidina Nuh salam didn't do that. So when one thing didn't work, he tried something else. When that didn't work, he tried something else. That's what patiently persevering means. That when one thing doesn't work, you continue to try, you continue to try. Failure after failure after failure, but that doesn't, you don't lose your himma, you don't lose your courage. You still stand strong and be brave that no, I'm going to continue to try. I'll try something different. So when showing someone the correct way, always do it with patience and wisdom. Understand, when, when I want to tell somebody who doesn't pray and I want to tell him to pray, I'm not going to shout and scream in his face and say, you should be praying if you don't do this. If you don't, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. I have to try different techniques to try and get that person to pray. If I'm teaching a child uh, how to read the Quran and the one conventional way that I utilize, he's not able to understand that and he's not perceiving that, he's not, he's not registering with him or her. Then I have to try a different route. I have to come from a different angle and try something else. That's my job. So our job is to continue to try. And when we're given that a task to do, do that task with dedication. Because that dedication is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to see from you. That dedication is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward you with. And when something doesn't happen, the way you intended for it to happen, or the way you wanted it to happen, then don't despair. La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Never despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always stand by you. And that's why when these anbiya were suffering, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them, Allah is with you. Allah is with you. When we're patient, and we're patiently persevering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to you and I, Inna Allaha ma'asabirin, I'm with you. As long, as long as you remain patient, I will stand with you. I will be with you. I will continue to guide you. And even when, and this is the most important thing, when people mock you, when people laugh at you, when people downplay your achievements, they try to degrade you for who you are and for what you believe in. Never despair. Never let your iman go down. Because that's what happened with Nuh They laughed at him. He was building an ark. There was no water around. They said, what's wrong with you? Have you gone mad? Are you crazy? <laughs> this, is, this is unbelievable. This is something that they couldn't understand. So they mocked him. They degraded him. They laughed at him. And yet Nuh said, okay, I can't stand this mockery. 
I can't, you know, this is not something that I can bear, so I'm going to leave that. No. He continued to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to do. And yet, he didn't know the exact outcome of what was going to happen. Exactly the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended it. Allah gave him an order, he fulfilled it. Allah didn't tell him, okay, you're going to build an ark, then I'm going to let the waters flow, then you're going to be in the ark with everybody else who accepted your message, and you're going to be safe and everybody else is going to... He wasn't explained of all of that. He was just told, build an ark, and that's what he, he, he went out to do. Sometimes there are certain things in our, in, in our lives that we're just going to have to do, irrespective of whether we totally understand them 100%. We're just going to have to do them for the sake of doing them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us accordingly. These are some of the fundamentals of our faith. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to believe in him. He is Allah, the one, the eternal, the absolute. It's our job to believe that. We hear and we believe. And we will obey. Sometimes that's something that you have to, have to do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you and I the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Qur'an, the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Our young brethren who, are, who have achieved their results, who are achieving their results, can, I, I, uh, I urge all parents to continue to push their, their students to success in terms of dedication and hard work, right? Make, inculcate that concept within their hearts and their minds for them to work hard, for them to be sincere about what they are doing, right? Because, you know, you can, somebody gave me an example and I think I'm gonna leave you with that. He said, you know, uh, sometimes we, we have a child who is, who, who in his word, he said, nafarman, which in Urdu means he, he's, he, 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 doesn't, he, he doesn't respect his, his parents, or is not, he's not obedient enough as a child. And, uh, you know, he, he's not doing his due diligence. And yet that child is successful in the exams and all is forgiven, right? He's got the grades and everything is forgiven. My child's the best child in the world. On the other hand, you have a child who is farman, who is obedient, and who, who does respect his parents, and who does continue to work hard. And he doesn't achieve the results that he is, uh, sets out to achieve or what his parents intended for him to achieve and he's almost excommunicated from the family it feels you know as if that child is discarded you know uh, how dare you you know what did you do and we downplay their achievements and we break their resolve and their spirit and no that's something that you have to nurture irrespective of whether the results will come look the struggle is ours the victory belongs to Allah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept uh, the efforts of all of our young brothers and sisters. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our brothers and sisters all around the world who are suffering, whether that be in Afghanistan, um, in, in, in the recent car bomb, uh, the, the bomb at the wedding which killed over 60, 70 people, uh, in Iraq, in, in, in Palestine, in Syria, in, in Libya, in Kashmir, what is happening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of our Muslim brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand their suffering and for us to, to, to suffer along with them, to continue to support them within our, within our du'as. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.